Now, one of the fun things about being Episcopalian is that we have our own language. We take everyday objects, give them new names. So like, this is not a plate, it's a patent. And this is not a handkerchief, it's a purificator. And this is not a cup, it's a chalice. And this is not a table, it's an altar. Well, after I'd been an Episcopalian for about 11 years, I thought I knew all the secret stuff. But then I went to seminary, where I learned all the really secret priesty stuff. Like how to lead a service out of the Book of Common Prayer, how to, how to swing incense and make holy water and baptize babies without dropping them. That's an important skill to learn. It's kind of like taking defense of the dark arts at Hogwarts. Well, first semester, we go into class, and one of the teacher hands out a syllabus. It's got all the requirements for the semester, and before each of the weeks, it says Rimlid, and then a bunch of page numbers. And it, I'm thinking, Rimlid? Uh, and then, of course, nobody in my class wanted to admit that they didn't know what that meant. So they're, they're all looking down at their syllabus and looking at each other. I don't know what it is. I'm not proud. So, excuse me, sir, what's Rimlid? He said, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest. I went, oh, from that collect that we just prayed. Oh, yeah. You see, he didn't want us just to skim over the stuff or merely peruse it or even just to read it. He wanted us to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest all the stuff he had for us that semester, which is how you get stuff, content, off the page, through your eyes, and into your heart, and into your mind. And isn't that where we want the Bible to be? In our hearts and in our minds, which then makes this collect to be not only a great prayer, asking God to help us understand and absorb the Scriptures, but also an outline for how to make that happen. So let's take this prayer apart and see where it leads us. Okay? It is a collect. It's the collect for today. It's on page 236 in the Book of Common Prayer. It's on the screen. It's in your bulletin. Okay? A collect is a one-sentence prayer, and the collect for the day is that one-sentence prayer that happens early in the service that collects our thoughts and points us in the direction that God wants to take us today. Okay? So in that collect, we prayed, Blessed Lord, who caused all Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning. The point of the Bible is not to fill our heads with names and dates. It's not to memorize family trees. It's not to try to pronounce words that you've never heard before. And how did Jay do with that first lesson, huh? Good job. The Bible is for our learning. It's so that we can encounter God and meet Him and get to know Him and learn how to get along with God and with people. What the Bible says about itself is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God did not dictate the Bible to people. The Holy Spirit breathed it into them breathed into them the message from God, and they wrote it down, God's message filtered through their human perspective and their human personalities. It's God's thoughts 
but it's in the author's words. Which is why as you read the Bible over and over again, you hear the same kinds of stuff but expressed a little bit differently because the same Holy Spirit breathed the same words, the same ideas into the different authors who then wrote it down in their own words. Since those words come from God, they're useful. Useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that would be each of us, is thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is the tool of our trade as servants of God. It gives us guidelines, gives us lots of examples, both good ones and bad ones, for how to have healthy relationships with God and our family and our friends and even our enemies. And like any tool, it's not trivia to memorize. It's all about application. How does this work? How does this scripture work? What is this? How can I apply this in my life? What can I learn from this? How can I look at the story of this person and what can I pick up from that either to imitate or to avoid? To ask ourselves, what does the Bible say today that helps me be healthy and stay and, and helps me get healthy and stay healthy? Well, what did the Bible say today to us? Well, in the Old Testament lesson that Jay read for us. It's about Deborah, who is a leading the nation of Israel, which tells us that God works through women just as much as God works through men, which is why in, the, in this Messiah family, we have as many women leading things as we do men. In 1 Thessalonians, in the second lesson, Paul writes, God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. That's why we spend so very little time talking about hell and God's wrath around here and so much time, lots of time, talking about God's love and God's salvation and encouraging each other and building each other up with the good news that God wants us to help us be healthy in every area of our life. That salvation is not just going to heaven when we die, Salvation is health in every area of our life, our spirit, our mind, our body, our emotions, our relationships, our finances. That's good news. In the gospel lesson, Jesus tells the story about those bags of gold, and, and which illustrates that it's not so much how much of time or talent or treasure we have that matters. What really matters is how we use what God gives us, whether it's a lot or whether it's a little. God gives us all holy scriptures for our learning to help us be healthier in all of our relationships with God and each other and everybody else in our lives. And what can we do to cooperate with God and the Bible to do that? Well, the colic tells us, grant us so to hear them. If we simply show up on Sundays and pay attention, we will hear most of the Bible every three years. I don't pick the Bible lessons for Sunday. That way you don't just get my pet peeves or my favorite Bible passages. The Bible lessons come from the lectionary, which is another one of our secret words, okay? And the lectionary is a plan that has picked four Bible lessons for every Sunday in a three-year cycle. And you stick around for three years, you're going to hear the same scriptures you heard today. Because over and over again, we understand that as we hear these things, it forms us from the inside out and helps us be healthy. That's where those Bible lessons come from. The Bible is a love letter from God. And so we hear them. We read lots of that. 
But, uh, and the church then cooperates with God to answer that collect that today, that grant us so to hear them and then read. The Bible's a love letter from God. It's an owner's manual from our creator. It's crammed full of helpful hints for happy living. And being here to hear it is great. But God and I urge us also to read it. To read it. Now, if you've, ever, if you've never read the Bible before, crack it open anywhere and go for it. Because something is better than nothing. But God and I urge you to be more deliberate than just playing Bible roulette, which is, you know, you open up somewhere, put your finger down and read. But to spend some time, carve some time out every day to spend and interact with the Scriptures, whether you read it in a book or on your device or you listen to it, but that you would interact with the Scriptures regularly to get it in your heart and get it in your head. Well, where do you start? Doesn't matter. The Bible is a circle instead of a line. It starts in a garden and it ends in a garden. And wherever you jump into that, just keep reading around till you get back to where you started and then read it again and again and again. If it gets tedious, and some parts do, okay, just skim over that part till you get to the interesting stuff again. You can do that. It's okay. So how much do you need to read? That's between you and God. If you read a little bit regularly, eventually you get through the whole thing. My Bible has about 1,200 pages, which meant if I read one page a day, I would read the whole thing in a little under three years. Now, my personal discipline is that I start reading in Genesis on January the 1st, and I finish the whole Bible by about September, and then I read the New Testament again before the end of the year. And in my Bible this year, that was reading five pages a day, which takes me about seven minutes. Okay? But whatever works for you. What translation should you use? Well, whichever one makes the most sense to you. If you're not sure what different versions look like or sound like or feel like, come talk to me because i got like 20 or 30 of these things because I've been reading through the whole Bible for about 30 years and I try to use a different translation every year so I get n different nuances. But whatever translation you pick and however often or however much you choose to interact with the Bible, please read it. Back to the collect. Grant us so to hear them read Mark. However you choose to interact with the Bible, mark it up. Don't mark it out. <laughs> mark it up. Underline it. Highlight it. Put circles and arrows and stars next to the important stuff. Write questions in the margins or insights that you have. You say, but isn't that disrespectful to mark up your Bible? Not at all. If it helps you understand it, if it helps you remember it, if it helps you find important stuff or things that were meaningful to you, if it helps you find those things again next time you're looking for them, go for it. That's why this colic says, read Mark and then learn. Remember that all of this is for our learning so that we learn and get to know God better and that, which then helps us be healthy in all of our relationships. Grant us so... To hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. If you don't understand something you read in the Bible, that's okay. It's okay. That doesn't mean that the Bible's wrong. It just means you don't understand it yet. And as you come back and read it next time or the next time or the next time, it very well make a lot more sense. Now, I've been reading through the Bible, the whole Bible, for about 30 years. And every year I come across stuff that's like, when did they put that in there? And 
Uh, oh, now I understand. I didn't understand it last year or two years ago or 30 years ago, and now it makes sense. And as we mature in our faith and hope and love, then what happens is we're able to inwardly digest the stuff that we didn't understand the last time that we read it. And if you read it and don't understand it, don't worry about it. It's not going to hurt you at all. It'll just pass right through. Now, when my oldest son was a baby, one day I'm changing a poopy diaper, and there in the mess, are, there's eight or nine spheres about an inch in diameter. And I'm thinking, what has this kid been eating? And I'm, I'm not poking around with my fingers, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of mashing it together and looking at it. And I'm thinking, and I, I realize they're grapes. And I knew that we had not fed our kid grapes because he was too small. Kids can choke on grapes. Uh, he hadn't been eating grapes, but he had been eating raisins and apparently not chewing them. And what had happened is as these raisins had gone through his gastrointestinal tract, they had rehydrated. And we had reconstituted grapes that came out in his diaper. And you know, they'd really, they, did, they did him no good nutritionally as they went through, but they also did not do him any harm either. That's how it is when we read something in the Bible that we don't understand. It doesn't do us any good, but it also doesn't do us any harm as it just passes right through. Now, my son is now 38 years old, and I have to admit, I have not checked his diaper recently. <laughs> but I have every expectation that if he eats raisins or grapes, that he chews them now, and that his body is able to digest them. And that's what happens as we mature in our faith and hope and love, that we're able to inwardly digest the things that we've read before that we didn't understand before, and it nourishes our minds and our bodies and our spirits. God, the church, and I urge us all to rimlid, to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the Bible. Because as we do, the last part of this colic kicks in that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. As we rim-lid the Bible, we grow hope, blessed hope, hope for the future based on what God has done in the past that then helps us face whatever we're going through in the present. God gives us a treasure chest in the Scriptures Let's rimlet it, not just put it out on the coffee table, not just carry it around. It's there for us to rimlid, and let's rimlid it often. Please pray with me this collect. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.